You're listening to CSM, Copeland Sports Media, your source for sports analysis, fantasy football, and fun. Welcome to the CSM Football Podcast. It's week 11 in the NFL, and I'm your co-host, Jeff Copeland. I'm Caden. I'm Jackson. In this episode, we'll be reviewing some of the big news, injuries, and upsets from week 10, looking ahead to some of the week 11 matchups, maybe dissing out some fantasy advice, and making some playoff predictions. Let's jump right into week 10. It was a crazy week with some surprisingly sloppy play from, with, from some big name guys and some big upsets. Starting with last night's Monday Night Football game, uh, 49ers 31 over the Rams, 10. Uh, 49ers at home in that game, of course. Um, this is the 49ers team I thought would show up last week when I predicted them to beat the Cardinals. It was a good game by the Niners. They controlled the ball well, held time of possession really well, and the Rams didn't look good. And a lot of people are going to blame Odell for it. I don't know who to blame. I think, well, first of all, I don't think it's Odell's fault. But I, I do think that he came at a perfect time because you get a primetime game, work out the kinks a little bit in-game, and then they get a bye week to kind of get on the same page with Stafford and everything. So I think that connection will be fine, ultimately. Um, But, yeah, you're right. The 49ers really did control that game from start to finish. And this is the way that the Niners are supposed to play. This is what they're built to do. What would you say the run split was? 42 rushing attempts for 155 yards, 72% rush game calling. And Um, you you remember a couple years ago when they made the Super Bowl. Same how way. many how many pass attempts did Jimmy Garoppolo have in those playoffs? It looked like the pass yeah, attempts were one is, game for most teams. Right. That is not a coincidence. The 49ers are built to play football like that. Play good defense, control the clock, all that. And, and one interesting footnote is that uh, Kyle Shanahan is now 6-3 and three as a head coach against Sean McVay. Um, which is, I don't know, it's, it's kind of interesting because obviously they're divisional rivals. And they come from the same coaching tree. They were hired the same year. But also because most people, I think the, the general public, including myself, think that Sean McVay is the better head coach of the two. But head-to-head, Kyle Shanahan has a better record and usually with a worse team. Yeah. The Niners held the, ball, held the ball for something like 40 minutes of that game for their first win at home in 13 months. They hadn't won uh, since, like, October of last year a home game. Um, Stafford have home games last year. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Stafford, a pick six in back-to-back games. Uh, the Rams look sloppy. Stafford looks sloppy. His receivers look sloppy. It's just they, not a good performance they, by they the Rams. They need this bye week. It, it's coming at a good time for them. They need to work out the case a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I think the Niners might be hurting a little now. A report came out a couple hours ago that Elijah Mitchell broke a finger in the game. So I'm not sure how long that will hold them out. But without their star running back... I'm not so sure how well they can hold the football. Yeah, maybe that's what happens when you rush the ball 42 times. The guys are more likely to get hurt. But that is certainly their their brand of football, mm-hmm. or at least it should be. Well, as I predicted, the Chiefs had a get-right game against the Raiders and now sit alone. Did you predict that? I thought we all took the Raiders in that game. I don't know. We'll have to check the tape on that. <laughs> but the uh, the Chiefs now sit alone atop the AFC West at 6-4. and four. And the Raiders continue their their downward spiral. 41-14, the the final score there. Mahomes, 406 yards, five touchdowns, no interception. That was his 30th game with 300 or more passing yards, which breaks the tie with Kurt Warner uh, for the most in five NFL seasons. So, did the Chiefs run the AFC West from here on out? So, looking at their upcoming schedule, they got a game against the Cowboys uh, this weekend. And then they got Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, 
Steelers, and then Bengals. A lot of divisional matchups in there and a lot, a lot of, good of divisional teams matchups and a really tough schedule. The Cowboys, the Bengals. They're going to be tested. For sure. Um, yeah, I think that schedule is tougher than it sounds because a lot of those are divisional matchups and, and yeah, those teams just know each other so well. Play really well, really good football against the Chiefs. Always. They, they play really good football in general. I, I mean, I, I like the Broncos. I think they're a very solid NFL team. I think the December 12th matchup against the Raiders. I want to see how the Raiders adapt to what just happened to them. Mm. Frankly, I think that that Cowboys matchup will be very, very telling. Well, I think the most of note from that game was, I think, on third downs. Was it negative three yards? Yes. For, the, for the, the Raiders offense? allowed negative three yards on third downs against the Raiders. They, uh, there's no more. I mean, you know, you can list all the impressive stats from that game for the for the Chiefs. You know, they scored 41 points. Yeah, they scored 41, held their opponent to 14. Mahomes threw five touchdowns. But that one, to me, is the most impressive. Allowing yeah. negative three yards on third downs when their defense has been one of the worst in the NFL and one of the worst in NFL history so far this season. And doing that against your most hated divisional opponent I mean, it's it's a huge win for them. Do the Raiders continue to self-destruct? They do it every so. year. It's, it's hard not to bet on it. <laughs> They're a scrappy team. They're going to pull out some wins down the stretch. They still have a chance of making the playoffs and making a splash. And Yeah, no, I, I like the roster, but it's, you know, this this is when not having a head coach starts to affect you a little bit. I mean, I know they appointed an, an interim head coach and all that, but, you know, there's a bit of a leadership vacuum at the top in that organization, and this is when that becomes a problem, when you face some adversity. You know, when you when you lose by three possessions to your divisional rival, this is when you need leadership. So, yeah, that's coming up for the Raiders, they got the Bengals this weekend, and then they're on to the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't see them winning. I think they're going to go on a bit of a slide. I don't see them winning either of those games. If they lose both of those, that's a four-game losing streak. Yeah. And then they got Washington to get right. And Washington is, I mean, they just beat the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're tougher than their record, I think. You get that stretch, and then you go against the Chiefs again, and then the Browns and Broncos to finish out. Mm-hmm. It's a tough schedule. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the Panthers, who uh, won 35-10 to 10 over... 34. Was it 34? That's what this says. Maybe mine says 35. 34 okay. <laughs> to 10 over the Cardinals. Uh, McCaffrey's back. He logged 161 yards on 23 touches. That was 13 carries and 10 catches. And he sat the fourth quarter because it was a blowout game. Um, and he also checked into the medical tent at one point. So vintage McCaffrey. It was just around. From what I saw, I did watch the game. It was just a cramp or something. Cam Newton comes in right off the bench and scores a touchdown on his first play. He's back. If, his if, first if, two if plays. didn't notice. Two snaps, two touchdowns for Cam. Salary cap issues aside, is Cam back to stay? Does he work his way into a permanent starting role in Carolina? Is that obvious at this point? I don't think so. Oh, for uh, P.J. Walker, probably? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think if... Uh, and I definitely think there's a controversy to be had with... Uh, Donald. With Donald back. No, I, I think for the rest of the season, Cam Newton is, is going to probably be the starter in Carolina. But Not beyond that, yeah, it's, you know... I mean, if the, if the Panthers front office rolls into next season with... P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold is their only, only alternatives, then maybe. But, I mean, depending on where they're drafting and, and who's available in free agency, I think they're going to try and, and fix their quarterback position a little bit more than Cam. Um, because I think his days as a true franchise quarterback have been over for a while. 
Fair one of the things to note on them, and we'll touch on it later, but coming up, they have a matchup against the Washington football team. Cam versus Ron. Ah, yeah. It's going to be something to watch for sure. I saw uh, one of the announcers mention that he, <clears throat> he spoke to Ron Revere and asked him, like, did you keep like a little file on Cam Newton in case you ever have to face him again? Do you have some special defensive looks for Cam? And he said, actually, I do. <laughs> yeah, we'll touch more on that later. So, when yeah, we talk that, about that will be an interesting game. game. But back to the Panthers. With, with CMC back, Cam Newton under center, their defense playing extremely well. The Panthers are 5-5, five and five, one game behind – or, sorry, one win behind the Buccaneers because I think the, the Panthers haven't had their bye yet, so technically it's a game and a half. Mm-hmm. But they're 5-5, five and five, one win behind the Buccaneers who stumbled out of the gate following their bye week with a loss to Washington, like you mentioned. So the Saints and Falcons both lost as well. Are the Panthers the, the new team to beat in the NFC South? No. No. <laughs> I mean, the reigning Super Bowl champions and the division leaders are the team to beat in that division. I think that's fair to say. I don't think that's a hot take. But, uh, you know, one interesting fact about the Buccaneers that no one seems to be talking about that much. With Antonio Brown, we're undefeated this year. So, and we, you know... Obviously, Antonio Brown was a crucial part of our playoff run when we went undefeated then and late in that season. So I think he's a much bigger part of the offense than people maybe realize. And obviously, Gronk's been out, nursing injuries and stuff. So when those guys come back, if those guys come back at full strength, I think the, the Bucks are going to look a lot more like uh, like they did in the playoffs last year and like they did to start this season than they have the past couple weeks. Yeah, we've been struggling all season to get healthy. Yeah, whether it's the secondary or the receiving core, there's always something wrong. But, um, yeah, I mean, but, I, I, when they're healthy, the Bucks are still the best team in the NFL. I do believe that. But we skipped ahead to the Bucks. there. Talking about the Cardinals' loss, though, needs to be mentioned. They had to bench Colt McCoy. After last week when everyone said, oh, you know, they didn't need Kyler all along. I don't think well, anyone really <laughs> believed that. No, but they didn't lose a step without Kyler the week without him. Mm-hmm. And then the very next week, they can't move the ball on offense. Well, that, that might have something to do with the fact that the Panthers' defense is really good. Yeah. But I so. think it became abundantly clear that the Cardinals' offense was built and designed to work around Kyler Murray. Kyler, Kyler, Kyler Murray. And, 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 and you know, they were also missing DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. It's not like it was just Kyler that was a missing piece. That, and that offense did not look like... Yeah. Chase Edmonds uh, is out with injury. So, I mean, yeah, it, that offense did not look like it, uh, it's supposed to. Exactly. And they're missing your, your two key components. You, you I mean, probably, arguably the two best players on the team were out. That, that says enough. Yeah. So are the Eagles the real deal? A 30-13 to 13 win over the Broncos. The Eagles rushed for 175-plus yards in the third consecutive game this season. They went 2-1 and one over that stretch to pull to 4-6. and six. Not a great record. Uh, but they're playing good football. Uh, I, I feel like Jalen Hurts is maturing before our eyes, and their running game has come alive all of a sudden. Uh, they have a really odd schedule looking forward. They, they have New Orleans, New York, New York, which is Jets, or sorry, Giants, then Jets. So New Orleans, Giants, Jets, then Washington, then Giants again, then Washington again. So they're like back and forth, back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth. Um, but that's not a particularly... I would say the New Orleans game is a challenge, but the other game... I mean, without their quarterback, they might not even be that much of a challenge. They, they have an opportunity to really make a push for a wild-card spot. And it's funny how they start firing in all cylinders once they commit to the run. Yeah, and um, to make yeah. a note on that, I'd, I'd call them as a pretty good team early on this season, uh, and they just failed to run the ball early mm-hmm. on. With Miles Sanders healthy, they stayed away from the run. The issue run. was never talent, it was scheme. Yeah, it was scheme. And for some reason, when Miles Sanders goes down, they decide, oh... 
let's use this committee. Let's run the ball, mm-hmm. you know? And I think almost they didn't want to give other running back snaps over Sanders. But when Sanders goes down, it opens up the room to a whole committee of running backs for every job they need to get done. Mm-hmm. And I think you keep the running backs in rotation on that team and Jalen Hurts holding the edge there. That's a productive offense. Yeah, personnel-wise, that offense is is just based on like the skill sets of all their players and, and skill positions. It's built very similar similarly to the Ravens yeah. almost because you know you have your mobile quarterback, you have your smaller uh, route running receiver, kind of a you know zone, zone beater. beater. Yeah, Devontae Smith. Too, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of guys who can stretch field, and you know a committee of running backs who are all capable and kind of fill different roles. So. You know, I think they should uh, take some notes from how Baltimore does it because Baltimore does it a lot better. <laughs> so, yeah, and so I, I mentioned if, if I me- they hold on to this mentality of we're going to run the ball, we're going to hold the edge on the offense, and we're going to keep pounding it down their throats. When Miles Sanders comes back, they're going to be an extremely scary team. Yeah, I would agree with that. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, 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 it would not surprise me all that much to see them in a wild card spot. So speaking of that, I mentioned their their schedule briefly. Just to recap that, it's Saints, Giants, Jets, Washington, Giants, Washington. But then they have a January 9th game to close out the season against the Cowboys. So does that January 9th game end up having playoff implications in the NFC East? Those are all probably playoff implications. That's a lot of divisional matchups on the back end. Nobody knows who's going to win that division right now. Everyone's pointing well, to the Cowboys, but... Cowboys looked bad against the Broncos. They picked it up this week. Yeah, they picked it up in spectacular fashion. That was first-degree murder, what they did to the Falcons this week. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that one right now. 41-3 <laughs> yeah. to three over the Falcons. We just talked last week about whether the Falcons were for real. They're not. Apparently not. Uh, Mike McCarthy continues his bid to fulfill my Coach of the Year prediction. Um, the Cowboys looked red hot. You know, who, who stacks up well against the Cowboys in the NFC? There, there aren't many on that list. The Broncos. Not in the NFC. The Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah. If you look at what they actually struggled against against the Broncos, it was a lot of man coverage. And all the media has been saying you can't run man against the Cowboys. But the Broncos showed you could. The And something needs to be said, their defensive coordinator, Dan Campbell, was the head coach of the Falcons last year. Dan Quinn. Sorry. Did I say Dan Campbell? Yeah. Dan Quinn. We'll talk <laughs> about me Dan Campbell for a second. Later. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> we'll talk about Dan Campbell later because I got some points on that. But Dan Quinn seemed to know every key to beat the Falcons. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder how much the Falcons offense has actually changed without him. Quite a bit. I, I mean, what personnel-wise? <laughs> I mean, they Cordell have Matt Patterson. Ryan, but they don't, they don't give him any tools. Yeah, Corderell's having a brilliant season, and Matt Ryan's always been a great quarterback. But it's, it's, been atypical been a, it's like they refuse to build a team around him. Uh, great might be a bit of a stretch for Matt Ryan, but solid. I mean, he has an MVP to his name, and he's been to the Super Bowl, so there, you can't ask for too much more pedigree than that. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, the skill position – players going into the season uh well not at running back but at least at you know in the receiving core they had Pitts and and they had Ridley um I mean it didn't look like it was going to be that terrible a passing attack it was just the run game that was always the question and I think it's still a huge question mark for the Falcons so a quick note on Ridley he is eligible to come back after this next mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. uh whether or not he does is you know to be determined yeah, I mean it's completely and up to him I, the I think the, I think the fact that they're as much time as right. he needs. And I think the fact, that, the fact is they, they can't rely on him or expect him to be coming back this year. Um, so, I don't know. It's an interesting situation. Everything's up in the air well, there. But 
frankly, the takeaway from this game is the Cowboys are looking dominant at, at the midpoint of the season, and and the Falcons are playing for scraps. I, I don't see them making the playoffs, and, and it's, it's so the Cowboys two losses. First one was Week One and uh, against the Buccaneers, which was uh, I mean, honestly, their kicking woes decided that game. Yeah. What was their second loss? Broncos, right? The Obviously, Broncos. yeah, last week, and they, they looked horrible in that one. But it was very clearly an off week for Dak Prescott, an off week for the receivers and, and the team in general. So, honestly, the Cowboys, at their best, can compete with anyone in the league. They can go blow for blow with anyone. Yeah, but as good as they look, I think there's some underlying flaws in that offense that the Broncos brought to light. And I don't think we can truly lock them in as, you know, the kings of the NFC East right now. I, I think you can just about take it to the bank that they're going to win the division. I mean, it's the next, you know, they're 7-2. and two. Their, their biggest competitor, their strongest competitor is 4-6. and six. And I, I, I think personnel-wise and coaching-wise, they are the best team in the division. Yeah, taking a, a three-game lead in the division into Week Ten, it, it's hard to say that the Cowboys are, are going to falter. Three game, a three-win lead uh, with one last game played. Right. Yeah. So my, I mean, my most curious thing though is that NFC East has a lot of divisional games on the back end of the schedule. I think. A lot of the standings there can be decided. The Cowboys will probably top the division. I, I, I yeah. I mean, but they, but they I want to see how they stack up against divisional rivals. They will take one or two more division losses. Just that's just the nature of the NFC East. But it's not going to knock them out of the the number one slot in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the Packers, seventeen zero at home versus the Seahawks. Frankly, both quarterbacks looked rusty in this game. The Packers won with their running game and their defense not on the arm of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I wouldn't call it rusty. There was no need. The Packers were in control the whole time. Well, they Aaron had three, Jones they went had down three points still. in the first half. I mean, that is not the typical showing you expect from Aaron Rodgers. No, but it was cold in Green Bay. It was snowing in control. Aaron Rodgers, well. you expect to be dominant. Uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised to see Russell Wilson's you know, struggle his first game back. This is, fun fact, the first time in Russell Wilson's career he's ever been shut out, which speaks volumes to him and also the Packers' defense this year. They've had some really impressive showings these last few weeks. Um, but, you yeah, know, I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers was underwhelming. This isn't what you want to see from Aaron Rodgers, but you can't complain about what it. What a slow, a, methodical three, football in yeah, the frozen tundra. You can't, you can't complain about that, and you can't complain about a three-possession lead over or a three-possession win and a shutout over Russell Wilson. Yeah, Russell Wilson, 150 career starts, and that was his first shutout. Yeah. So, I mean, for a guy who literally has never missed time, uh, the weeks of missed practice, you know, really, I think, took a toll on, on Maybe, Russ. and I, you know, I mean, he has a, he's still dealing with a, uh, a torn ligament in his thumb. That is in his throwing hand. That is difficult to come back from, from a quarterback. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I can't speculate on to whether he's at 100%. It didn't look like it, that's for sure. So, I mean, this might be a bit of a lost season for the Seahawks and for Russell Wilson. I don't know if he'll get back to 100% the rest of the year. That remains to be seen. But while we're on the subject, Russell Wilson does not get nearly enough respect for what he's done in his career and how he stacks up not only against quarterbacks in the NFL today, but all-time greats in the NFL. Russell Wilson, you know, if his career has half as much longevity as you know tom brady's he is going to uh he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer and russell wilson is facing off against uh arizona this week he always puts on a show against arizona it'll be a fun one i have yeah. a hard time not picking russell wilson against arizona you know we'll touch on that later 
So in that game, the Packers lose Aaron Jones to an MCL sprain, but it, it didn't really matter. A.J. Dillon, 21 carries, 61 yards, and two touchdowns in relief. Um, He's a beast. Frankly, I kind of prefer A.J. Dillon. Are the Packers better off with A.J. Dillon as their starting running back? No, they're better off with both the running yes. backs healthy. Absolutely. And I think they're better off with Aaron Jones getting more carries than Dillon. I, I think he's, I think he fits their offense better, and I think he's objectively a better back. I do like A.J. Dillon a lot, though, and there's a reason they drafted him. And he's uh, been an integral part of the offense, even when Aaron Jones is healthy. Yeah. He gets snaps. He does play. I mean, that, uh, contrary to popular belief, that Packers offense has always been a committee. Even when Jamal Williams was there, he would take 10 carries a game away from Aaron Jones. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not... You know, it's not a surprise that they didn't really miss a beat uh, with A.J. Dillon taking more carries because he's been an integral part of this offense this whole season. Yeah, he, he looked great in, in relief of, of Jones, and, and I think the Packers won't miss a beat if Jones misses time. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the Bills, 45-17 over the Jets. Not a whole lot to report there. It's kind it of a get-right game. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you say it's expected, but after the showing against the Jaguars the week before, I mean, the Bills needed to come out and do this, or they'd have a lot of naysayers. So, uh, they fair, by- fair, 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 fair play to them for handling their business and actually getting it done this week. I and- think the only question there is, do the Bills win that division? That is a very good question. I, I it's have a two horse hard race time saying now, yes. It's it's Bills six and three, Patriots six and four, Dolphins three and seven, Jets. Two well, yeah, and I mean, seven. okay, you didn't even need, need to say those last two. <laughs> it's a two horse race, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I think I might have to take the Patriots. I there. like the Patriots kind of more agree. every week. I agree. I mean, they they are they're a good roster and they play good football. Mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it's but, you know kind of like they did in two thousand one. I mean, <laughs> Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. But I don't want to, you know. But the Jets were definitely not going to win. No, and neither are the Dolphins. A quick comment about the Bills: they won by twenty-five or more points for the sixth time since twenty twenty. That's the most in the NFL over that span. Interesting note: they didn't slow down either. When they went up, they kept the throttle on. They, uh, I think, in a lot of ways, this was truly a a get-right game for them after that embarrassing loss to the Mm Jets the week before. Um, another great game from the weekend, Titans 23-21 over the Saints. Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how we didn't know what the Titans were without Derrick Henry. Well, 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 now we know. They're a pretty mm. damn good football team, and they've stepped up in other phases of the game to make up for what's an obvious well, void I, I mean, by Derrick Henry. I don't disagree. I, I think the Titans obviously are a very good football team. They're the number one seed in their conference, so it's hard to say they're not. I think you would have liked to see more than a two-point win over the quarterbackless Saints. Um, any team that's led by Trevor Simeon should not give you that much of a fight if you truly are, you know, a Super Bowl contender. And so I, I don't note, have uh, that much faith in the Titans to contend in the playoffs without Derrick Henry. But if he comes back, which it's looking like he might, then they are a very scary roster. You certainly can't discount them. They've won their sixth straight game and their fifth game in a row against playoff teams from last year. Yeah, they went ahead and they beat the Titans. Or, sorry, the Titans beat the Bills, Chiefs, Colts, Rams, and Saints. And actually, they are not just the number one seed in the AFC. They are the number one seed in the NFL. So it, They're a good team. Yeah, and, and that's, that's you know dealing with a lot of injuries this year, starting the season somewhat slow. I mean, they haven't had a healthy receiving core all year, really. And, and I mean, the loss to the Jets is, is the only blemish on an otherwise pretty spectacular uh, resume for them this year. So when they get their, you know, when they get King Henry back, their MVP, it's it's very hard to rule them out of, of 
playoff contention and even Super Bowl contention. Yeah. So who in the AFC matches up well against the Titans in, in an AFC championship game matchup? I, I want to say I will say if it comes down to Chiefs Titans, I'll take the Titans. I don't know what it is, but Chiefs versus Titans. I mean, Titans always give them a run for their money. I'm going to um, take a dark horse there and say uh, the Patriots. That's what I have. Those are two list. teams that take that play really fundamental football. But he, you know, a couple of years ago, and they're comfortable round in any one of the playoffs. Too. Patriots versus the underdog Titans in Foxborough. Yep. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what I had on my notes as well. Patriots match up well against the Titans. And, and speaking of the Patriots, 45-7 over the Browns. There's Granted, bad blood there. That is, Granted, yeah. Nick Chubb didn't play, and yeah, there's there's some history there. You know, the Browns are not at full um, strength, but that is just pathetic from them. It really is. Interestingly, Mac Jones, first Patriots rookie quarterback to throw for three touchdowns and no interceptions in franchise history. And they've had some decent quarterbacks there in New England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can think of one, but he didn't play as a rookie, to be fair. And so. Ramondre Stevenson all of a sudden has come alive, 100 yards and two touchdowns. He's been a sleeper of mine all season, especially for fantasy. I think he's the better back than Damian Harris. I and disagree, I think it's only a matter like of time him. before he starts getting those touches. It's interesting to see what happens with uh, Harris back. I want to see who gets the lion's share there, but I definitely think it's going to be a strong committee. Yeah, my, my bet is that it's going to be probably 60-40 in favor of Damian Harris. So it really depends on the week. I mean, that's that's how it always is, is with the Patriots backfield. You know, whoever gives them the best chance to win that week will get more touches that week. Yeah, can I think a, more often than not, that's going to be Damian Harris. Can a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back take this Patriots team deep into the playoffs? With Bill Belichick? Yeah. Deep into the playoffs, yes. Can they win a Super Bowl? I have my very strong doubts. I, I mean... Imagine the uh, Brady versus Belichick Super Bowl, though. That would be... That would crush <laughs> every single ratings record. I really hope that happens. Is that but, a prediction or a, or a like to ha- like to see? I wish. I mean, I'd both. love to see it. But <laughs> a bit of both. It could actually happen. No, it's, it's, it's looking more and more likely as the season goes on. I mean, this Patriots team is, is very strong. No one wants to face them. And, you know... They the Bucks literally beat them in their first matchup by inches. Yeah, that field goal was inches away from going in, so it it would make for a great game. So uh, Steelers Lions sixteen sixteen tie. I actually watched the overtime period uh, as much as I God want help to you. forget I'm that sorry. god awful loan. <laughs> uh, there there is a little bit of news to report. T.J. Watt left the game with reported yeah. hip and knee injuries. Uh, a little funny anecdote. Apparently, Najee Harris didn't realize the game could end in a tie. Yeah, he was I putting heard his helmet that. on. He was ready to go uh, for, for the next overtime period. Uh, and they had to tell him, no, dude, it, it, it's over. <laughs> so the note here, uh, TJ Watt did avoid major injury. He's looking like he can, he can come back this season, which is good, good. for him and good for the Steelers. Uh, one thing I wanted to note on this game, Dan Campbell took over offensive play calling. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the first time all year. <laughs> The Their Lions have been able did. to move yeah. the ball, and uh, and the first time they haven't lost. So. And also, if you looked at it, the run pass split. I want to pull that up from this game, uh, but it was pretty ridiculous. I remember in the third quarter, uh, they were well over, I think, thirty rushing attempts, and Jared Goff had only attempted eight passes. Yeah, and that's that's for 11 the way. Yards, by the way, if wow. this if this Lions team wins games, that's the way they win them is, mm-hmm. is with old old school 
three yards in a cloud of dust, you know, football. They have to and, run the yeah, ball. Jared Goff is a great quarterback, well, but the, the Lions have a terrible history of, of expecting their one-star player to, great to do it all on their own. 0-8. <laughs> Let's be honest. I like Jared Goff, youngest ever first overall pick to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, he's had some some really good years in his career, and I think he probably has a, a pretty strong future with the with the Lions. But yeah, I agree. I mean, you're not going to win as the as the Lions with that roster if he's attempting forty passes. So the official That's not split how it's work. the official split from that game uh, looked like it was thirty nine rushes to uh, twenty five pass attempts, and a lot of those pass attempts came in the fourth quarter and in mm-hmm. overtime. Uh, and also of note, DeAndre Swift touched the ball 36 times this game. Yeah. <laughs> who, do the, uh, who do the Lions have left on their schedule? I'm just wondering, do, do the Lions win a game this season? I, I was uh, mentioning this before we started the podcast, but fun fact about the Lions, they are currently winless, obviously, the only winless team in the NFL. And if they do not win a single game the rest of the season, if they if they finish the season without a win it still won't be the worst season in Lions history <laughs> what a sad sad franchise <laughs> so their upcoming there schedule. are any Lions fans listening I am so sorry <laughs> their upcoming schedule here is uh, Browns Bears Vikings Broncos Cardinals Falcons Seahawks Packers I could see them beating the Falcons the it Falcons is, is the only team that stood out to me there as a maybe yeah they need to circle that one on a schedule because that's their Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked briefly about Washington 29-19 over the Bucks. I mean all I can say there is is Heineke is our kryptonite Heineke continues to, mm. to, to impress me from the from the the, 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 the half a game he started last season I've always been impressed with Taylor Heineke but he simply outplayed yeah. Tom Brady Brady did not look good this one hurt yeah it was a it was a rough one to watch I'll say again people underestimate how important Antonio Brown is to that offense and Gronk yeah. obviously we were missing him and you know I don't think anybody can understate the contribution that he gives us when he when he plays but Antonio Brown is an integral part of why we win yeah, that's the reality. I believe I, I I could be wrong about this, but I believe we're one and three this season without him, and five and zero oh with him. So and, and you know again, and you know late yeah, last season and in the postseason when we had him up to speed with the playbook and an integral part of the offense, undefeated. Yeah, it feels like Antonio Brown is a is a first down waiting to happen, and then Gronk is a touchdown waiting to happen. But but speaking of Gronk, and this is not to take anything away from Ron Gronkowski, he's obviously Rob. Sorry, Rob Gronkowski. He's obviously a Hall of Fame tight end. And the greatest ever at his position. Fair enough. But it's not like we're weak at tight end. O.J. Howard, Cameron Brate are, are excellent tight ends. I think... Um, yeah, but none of them Brady share that connection. Just, yeah, Brady just has his guys who he connects with, and, and it's tough to work your way up to that level with mm-hmm. Tom Brady. I think Thankfully, we just there. keep bringing in more and more of those guys to play for the Bucks. Yeah, uh... Quick note, remember too. that one play um, against the the Redskins when Brady recognized man coverage at the line, recognized Washington that there wasn't a team. right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until they give it a name, I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah, but yeah, no, he recognized man coverage, recognized there was no safety help with Mike, and you know he pointed something out and was shouting out. My my personal theory is that he was he was saying, "Hey, Mike, commit offensive pass interference here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
that that was actually a, a beautiful route. How he just sort of swim moved over the uh, the, the the cornerback, and, and yeah, and he was wide open. Yeah, there's so, no defending that. You had a, you had a comment. No, I'm done talking about that game. That one hurts. Yeah, let's just forget <laughs> it. So you made an interesting point earlier that this time of the season is when you really need your head coach and, and your coaching staff to be on top of things, guiding the ship, whatever you want to call it. But my observations from this last week's uh, play is that we saw some sloppy quarterback play from some really big-name guys. Uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, even Matthew Stafford looked off last mm-hmm. night. Uh, is this just a little mid-season slump? I think it's, I think it's uh, a blip. These guys all bounce back, obviously. But how much does the coaching staff weigh in here to, to kind of right the ship? I mean, if we were talking about young quarterbacks who weren't all that proven, you know, if Joe Burrow is a good example. If he had a couple terrible games in a row, then I might start to question, like, okay, maybe he's not in that upper echelon yet. But we know who these guys are. They're all rock-solid quarterbacks, great competitors. They'll be fine. Yeah. Real quick, let's finish the games from last week. You skipped over a couple of them there. Uh, Minnesota Vikings over the Chargers by a touchdown. Yeah. I believe I called that one right. I did as well. Uh, Minnesota is a very strong team, and mm-hmm. it's a lot of close games that they can't finish. <laughs> Something about their kicking. <laughs> Always. Uh, yeah, but it's good to see them finally get a win. They do deserve it. They've been playing really good football. Well, I, th- I think the answer there is Dalvin Cook. Get a lead and then pound the rock. Justin Jefferson had an amazing game. I think he had like 142 yards and one or something two like touchdowns. Um, Adam Thielen, 60-something yards. I mean, it was a good performance by the offense, but ultimately they were able to hang on to the lead yeah. by handing the football to Dalvin Cook. That is the formula for the Minnesota Vikings. It was Minnesota a good job by the whole team. It was a, it was a good win for a team that really needed one. And the only other one was uh, Colts over Jaguars. Not much to say there other no. than Jonathan fucking Taylor. Oh, my God. Here's something. Is Jonathan Taylor with Derrick Henry out the best running back in the NFL? He's in the I best so. situation in terms of what fits that his skill true. set. Offensive line play there is obviously amazing. And, and that I, I really like Frank Reich's offensive play calling. And, he, but, you know, he touches the ball quite a lot and that doesn't hurt so yeah i would say he is in the best situation but he's also a damn good running back he's a I mean, really good running back let's and I not gloss over this fact yeah. jonathan taylor you know sure he was he was drafted to uh to the team with the best offensive line in the nfl sure but he's also the most productive college running back ever bar none or i should say division one i'm sure there's probably some like division three kid who has like ten thousand yards to his name i don't know played like seven years yeah. <laughs> no but he is the most productive college football running back of all time and he came in rookie year in the nfl was you know had a thousand yard season i think he scored like 12 touchdowns or something and now this back year too with yeah, this year with you know derrick henry missing a lot of time obviously he's on pace to lead the nfl in rushing he is a superstar and I always find myself, every time I watch him, there's nothing in his game that I find, you know, wanting. He's mm. almost the perfect running back all around. Everything he does is something that you want out of your running back, you know. Mm. I don't see he's, any yeah, major he's, flaws he's with him. Good man, vision, quick. Man crush of the week over here. <laughs> he's, you know, he's got great vision. He's quick. He's decisive. When he hits holes, he hits them hard and fast. Like, you know, he, he breaks their arm tackles and full-on tackles. He's a big strong guy he's like what 225 runs a you know a high four three i mean he is freakish and he's going to be you know 
as productive in the NFL as he was in college <laughs> at this rate. Yeah, barring any injury, he's going to make his mark on this league. Big Absolutely. Time. So before we transition into the um, Week 11 games, the, the look ahead, uh, obviously we're not getting any uh, sponsorship money out of ESPN, but I do want to make a plug <laughs> for my man Tom Brady. Uh, man in the arena, the, the deep dive into the Super Bowl wins of Tom Brady actually drops on ESPN Plus tonight at 9 p.m. I think we'll be watching that later. I, I'm sure you're probably right. And you were saying Jonathan Taylor is the man crush of the week. You built a shrine to Tom Brady. <laughs> it's just for the studio. <laughs> now, to be fair, I moved the shrine to Tom Brady from my office to here. Uh, so. Okay. <laughs> so uh, looking ahead at week 11, Thursday night, New England at Atlanta. I, 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 I seem, think we've I already covered to, that. I seem to remember this, these teams playing once. Yeah, oh, yeah, there was a little bit of history there. Three. <laughs> I, yeah. Actually, I, I would pick that as probably a, an ending score for this game, 28-3 to three, Patriots. <laughs> I think the Patriots hang up more than 28. I would say if, if the Patriots beat the Falcons 28-3, to three, you will never see the end of it. <laughs> like, ever. But There's um, one point this last week that Atlanta was uh, down 28-3. to three. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A little funny Twitter, Twitter interaction. Twitter. No, but the fact is, New England is is looking great at the best possible time in the season. Yeah. They're hitting their stride. They're getting better and better. Well, the best week. possible this time is, is February. But well, I see what you're saying. The, the best possible time so far. Um, and this is a classic Belichick coached team. They, they're getting better mm-hmm. every week. They're playing fundamental football, and and they're going to win on the road at Atlanta. Look, Mac Jones is not Tom Brady. Let's you know dispel any fantasies that anyone might have about that. But. What made Tom Brady great in New England for so long was not that he was, you know, more talented than anyone else. He didn't, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't running around making ridiculous plays, throwing 60-yard bombs, no-look passes. No. It, it was just how efficiently he executed Bill Belichick's offense. Yeah. Mac Jones looks to be doing the same thing. To a lesser extent, maybe, but... You know, I've always thought Belichick could win with damn near any quarterback. He went 11-5 and with Matt Castle once. Uh, when Brady was suspended, he went 4-0 and with Jacoby Brissett. 3-1. Yeah, with I think you might be Garoppolo right. Garoppolo and Brissett. Yeah, so, yeah, so Garoppolo, Brissett, uh, that team hardly missed a beat. I mean, it, it doesn't take much other than solid quarterback play, make the right reads, make accurate throws. That is all Belichick asks of his yeah. quarterbacks. Quick final note on that game. It is a Thursday night game. Short week. Belichick teams do well. Mm. Fundamental football, you don't really have to adjust too much going into that game. Atlanta no. might struggle. Yeah, I agree. I, I, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> might struggle to get right from last week. You don't I, have to I develop would, a complicated game plan against this year's Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. I would say, looking at this Week 11 slate, that one's probably the lock of the week. I, I, I would have a hard yeah. time disagreeing. Uh, starting on Sunday, we have Indianapolis Colts at Buffalo. Um I like Buffalo in that game, obviously, but, uh, I mean, Indy could give them a run for their money, but I, I, I got to lean towards Buffalo at home. JT could give them a run for their money. Mm. <laughs> Man crush of the week. <laughs> My, I marked Buffalo here, but the more I'm thinking about it, the Colts could pull this one out. I, my, my brain says Buffalo. My gut says Indianapolis. I think they're a scrappy football team. I'm kind of a closeted Colts fan. I, I really do like them and the way that they build their team. Are we talking ourselves into the Jonathan Taylor-led Indianapolis Colts? I, I, I had it marked from Bills? the start uh, as Indy. Uh, I might be talking you guys into That is it. true. I can see his sheet yeah. over here. 
Um, no, <laughs> Why did I lie about that? It's not like the games <laughs> happened, and I just like. <laughs> I think uh, I think Indianapolis could pull off a San Francisco like upset if they hold mm-hmm. the ball for forty minutes and don't turn over the ball and and you know play good defense. Mm-hmm. Of course, they can beat yeah, Buffalo. It sounds we saw, weird we to saw say Jacksonville it. do it two weeks ago. Yeah, it sounds weird to say it, but if uh, Indianapolis takes a look at the tape from the Jaguars game. Mm, couldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, division rivals, I know they were watching it. See what they did mm-hmm. against Buffalo. They could pull this one out. I think I'm taking the upset there. If you can call oh, it I, I kind of agree. So you're Indy? Indy. I'm Indy. Indy. I'm sticking with Buffalo. That was my, my initial I mean, job. it's hard to pick against them. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. Baltimore at Chicago. Is there even any debate here? I'm taking Baltimore. As am I. I got Baltimore, but... This is I don't another think it's a one. Gimme. This is another one that has a potential no, I, to be a tight game. I mean, Chicago is not an easy place to play. It could be cold. Mm. It could be snowing. It could be windy. Uh, so the weather can always have an impact at at a game in Chicago. Um, it depends Baltimore on what Chicago we tools. see today too. Is this you know ball control, run the football, play fundamental offense, Buffalo or sorry Chicago, or is this? Whatever the hell Matt Nagy thinks yes, he's doing. And I was going to say, I think the deciding fa- the determinant factor of that so far has been who's calling offensive plays. Yeah. The one week that Matt Nagy was out with COVID, Justin Fields and that run game looked electric. Um, and, you know, I, I do think that maybe they'll be going back a little bit more to the ball control brand of football that they should be playing with David Montgomery back and fully healthy now. But I have a hard time not picking Baltimore. Let's leave it at Baltimore, that. Baltimore, Baltimore. Fair enough. Uh, Detroit at Cleveland. Uh, We assume Nick Chubb will probably be back from the COVID protocol this week. I don't think it matters. I think Cleveland (laughs) wins this game at home. Yeah, I I have to agree. It's, uh, I mean, I'm rooting for Detroit almost because I I think, you know, they're a scrappy team. They do deserve a win at some point this season. I don't think it'll be this week. The Browns, as, as much as they looked like an absolute shit show this past week, are a solid roster. And with Nick Chubb back, they're maybe the probably the best run game in football. So I, I'm going to go Cleveland. Baker did go down be... with injury this past week. I need to pull it up. Playing through a torn labrum and a broken bone in his left shoulder. Well, he has uh, been playing he, through he, that for a it while. It seems he just re-aggravated that. Uh, he did leave the game uh, to go to the blue tent. I don't but think it matters. He, he never returned. They <laughs> sure could have, but he game. never returned. Hmm. So he should play this week. I think Case Keenum's as solid as backups come, to be yeah, fair. Sure. And I, I think I, I would pick, you know. I think I pick Cleveland I would, I would way, pick but. Cleveland even if Baker and Nick Chubb were out. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. This next game, Houston at Tennessee, is kind of a bit of a historical rivalry because the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee and became the Tennessee Titans. And correct. then the Houston Texans were an expansion team. So these teams don't like each other. Houston at Tennessee. We just talked true? about. Do they have beef? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like they don't. Um, so uh, yeah, we talked about Tennessee. They're 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 playing exceptional football. Uh, Houston is not. Got to take yeah. Tennessee at home. It is. I mean, it, yeah, it's hard to you know pick a one and eight team over uh, over the number one seed in the NFL. Yeah, there's nothing really more to say about it. It's a gimme for Tennessee. But I will say this. We have seen some really, really strange upsets. I don't know if you call it parody or you call it the football gods, but but nothing is impossible. Any given Sunday, any team can beat any other. I don't think it's going to happen here, but stranger things have happened this season. Yeah, I would say this is less of a lock than, you know, maybe Cleveland at Detroit or New England at Atlanta. Um, I, I could see 
possibly. I don't expect it, but I could see Houston, you know, showing up and playing really solid football, controlling the clock. Tyrod Taylor is their quarterback now, so they're they're going to be running the ball a lot, presumably, and you know, maybe not turning the ball over much. Tyrod's pretty conservative with his, with uh, with his throws, so I don't know. It's possible that they dominate time of possession and and play a sound game defensively and. With Tennessee dealing with injuries, maybe they don't win, but I would be very surprised. <laughs> yeah, regardless, we're all picking Tennessee yeah, here. Agreed. And a quick note on that: little tiny bit of a revenge game for Donta Foreman, mm. who I, I guess that is true. Uh, out carried and out snapped Adrian Peterson last week, and McNichols, and McNichols. Yeah, so he seems to be kind of the lead back in that backfield, if you can call it that. But yeah, facing off against his old team, they didn't really give him a chance. I want to see what he does. Yeah, that is an interesting twist. This next one I know is a, is a heated division rivalry and an, and an old one at that. Green Bay at Minnesota. Uh, that's probably the the non-lock of the week. Mm-hmm. That that could certainly go, yeah, this go is, I was Yeah, this is one of two games that I, I actually don't have a pick marked down. I, I don't know who to go with. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards Green Bay. Never bet against Rodgers, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, it, it could really go either, either way. Well, I mean, when in doubt, I, I take the home team. Minnesota is playing well. They came off a win this week. I mean, as did Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers did not look good last week. Sorry, I, I, this I, is... I have Minnesota in this mm-hmm. game. You want to give your pick? I, I got Green Bay here. It's Aaron Rodgers. I do think Aaron, rival. I, yeah, I do exactly. think Aaron Rodgers bounces back. He, he's fine. He, um, but but Minnesota has the tools to control the clock in this game. Sure, and but keep Aaron Rodgers on the bench, and that's how they could win this game. And so true. does Green Bay. True. We just talked Aaron about Aaron Rodgers owns Dillon. Minnesota almost as much as he does Chicago. Almost. When in doubt, go with Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm picking Green Bay. And you, you, you're on a you're on the Green Bay bandwagon as well. So I'm against the yeah, grain here with Minnesota. I'm, yeah, Green Bay is the favorites here. I, I got to take Green Bay. I mean, it's just Aaron Rodgers against a divisional rival. So moving on, uh, Miami at the Jets, uh, another division game. These teams probably don't like each other, um, but uh, I got to go Miami here. I'm taking the Jets. I take the Jets. The Jets look... <laughs> that doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets look good right here. They can control the ball. Michael Carter has been playing great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the Jets are actually a... I'm not going to say a good roster, but a properly constructed roster. Well, I will say these, these are two scrappy teams, and, and it could go either way. But Miami's actually been playing pretty good football lately, mm-hmm. too. New Orleans at Philadelphia. I'm going gonna, gonna to let you guys go first on this one. I got Philly here. Really? I got Philly, too. I got Philly, <laughs> I thought, too. Oh, wow. I thought I was going to be the only one. 175 yards rushing for three weeks in a row. Um, I mean, the Saints have a good defensive The Saints line. have an incredible rushing defense, and I don't think Philly's going to be able to do that against the Saints. But they don't have to. You don't need 175 yards. If you can rush for 75 yards, you can control the clock. Well, also, the Saints don't have a quarterback. And, and win a football yeah, game. that is the biggest deciding factor for me. If Jameis was playing, I'd probably have picked the Saints. I'd definitely pick the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. Saints. But, but uh, yeah, Saints without a quarterback, they can still move the ball, and they play really good defense. But, as I said, I think the Eagles are a little bit better than people give them credit for. And I definitely think they can pull this one out. Mm-hmm. So, Taysom Hill has been with the Saints for three, four seasons now. Sort of being groomed by Sean Payton for I what? call it that. For what exactly? He's not a quarterback. People, people, he's listed as a quarterback. He gets paid like a quarterback, which he probably shouldn't. But hey, 
He's a gadget player. He comes in on third downs for some trick plays. So, he's nothing more than that, and he's not ever going to be able to start at quarterback well, yeah, in the NFL. And he, he went like 2-0 and when he did. Under Sean Payton. But I mean, I, not for a career. No, I agree. <laughs> and I, so... It, if you when, look at the um, games he did start, they are interesting. In the, in the, the most high school recruitment process for, for college teams, you know, they, they, they list everyone's position and, you know, quarterback, running back, you understand positions, yes. <laughs> but sometimes they're not sure, and they list them as athletes. Taysom Hill's an athlete. He plays quarterback. He plays tight end. He plays special teams. No one really knows what the fuck he is. <laughs> I, I don't think he's a quarterback. I don't really think he's a tight end. I don't really think he's a special he's, team specialist. I, he's I, clearly he's an athlete, highly athletic. Yes, um, and, and I think uh, you know, like you said, he, he can stand in and play quarterback in a pinch. But yeah, it, but just he's a really not weird an situation. NFL quarterback. But no, you think I, when, I when they have such a pressing need for a quarterback, it's I find it interesting that they're not leaning more on Taysom Hill. No, I, I, I expected him to start over Simeon as well. Honestly, yeah, but I think it says something. You know? Maybe, yeah. I it's, it's certainly an indication of. of I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand Sean Payton because last year, when Drew Brees went out for a stretch, they they started Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston. Jameis. Yeah, and now Jameis Winston was their starter going into the season, was playing great. So they obviously like Jameis more than Taysom, and they also like Trevor Simeon more than Taysom now. So I just don't understand the way that that you know Sean Payton handles his backup quarterbacks. I never have, but no one does, and no yeah. one understands why he gets paid so much. <laughs> Washington football team at Carolina Panthers. We talked about Washington earlier. They beat the Buccaneers. Um, and we talked about Carolina. They're playing exceptionally good football. I circled this one on my sheet. This is one that I really excited to watch. Ron Rivera versus Cam Newton. Let's see who really has the edge here. I mm-hmm. got to give it to Carolina because their defense is just better. Yeah, I, I, I think... Yeah, I think their defense is better, and I think Cam has been, if nothing else, an injection of energy into that entire franchise. There was a clip of him last week. Obviously, you know, two snaps in the red zone, two touchdowns. That There was a big deal made of that. And there was also a clip last week that I thought was even more telling. Um, Cam Newton was leading the huddle on the sideline. Yeah. First game back with the team, and he is already, like, the guy. Yeah, <laughs> so, and you've seen all the photos all over Twitter of all the Panthers playing players smiling mm-hmm. when Cam Newton's on the field yeah. and being all pissed off with Darnold there. Yeah. yeah, as I was looking at this game, I was sitting here thinking, well, Cam Newton's playing quarterback. He may not really know the offense. And then it dawned on me, it doesn't matter. He, he can just take off and, and tuck the ball and run. He, he, he has well, Christian McCaffrey to He doesn't need to know the offense. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I don't we, think we talked about this earlier. He can play a, a simplified offense as mm-hmm. long as he executes. Yeah. He always has the option of using his legs to get out of trouble, roll out. He's got Christian McCaffrey to dump the ball off to. Um, no. He just has so many options in that offense that mm-hmm. I, I don't think his lack of familiarity with the playbook is going to be a factor. I like Carolina. What, what Carolina thing, at home. One in thing this game. also, have they named him the starter yet? No. No. Okay. I, I, I I, there, there's a very good chance that PJ Walker will start, but Cam Newton will obviously but be mixed in. PJ Walker started last game. You know? Yeah. We and still saw plenty of Cam. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I don't I'm saying. Think Cam plays it's every Cam. snap here, but. Uh, We'll see. And I don't think Cam is anywhere near what he used to be. No, and I, I was, I was just going to say, I mean, he the, the reason that he was uh, 
you know, jobless for such such a, such a long time is because he, he was dealing with injuries to his throwing shoulder. And, you know, he cannot throw deep, deep balls the way he used to. He doesn't really have the accuracy on intermediate routes that he used to. He's not yeah. the same guy he was. He's not an MVP anymore. Presumably, but, at least he's healthy and well-rested. Yeah. But, I, you know, there's so much disrespect that I think Cam gets from sports media. There was a report uh, at the beginning of the season that Mac Jones was apparently teaching Cam Newton the playbook. Which was, it's just complete bullshit. I think anybody in the Patriots organization, I mean, you, if you listen to Bill Belichick talking about Cam, he's never said anything but good things about Cam Newton. Ever. Yeah. I mean, he has the utmost respect for Cam Newton. Even this past week, he was asked about his debut with Carolina, and he's like, I, I will always root for Cam Newton. He's a great guy. You know, he, and I'm happy that he's, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like, I'm happy that it's he's probably he's, short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this I, game's going to be ugly, but it's going to be a fun one to watch, I mm-hmm. think. San Francisco at Jacksonville. Do we even need to dive into that? I'm taking San Francisco. San Fran. Uh, but I think I think the Elijah Mitchell injury, if he's not playing this week, which if he has a broken finger, he probably won't. That that's probably going to have more of an effect on the team than people realize. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is very good. He's not just a fill-in player for the for the uh, Niners, but he's also and not he their is, only option at running back. No, but I, I think he's their strongest option for yes, sure. Yes, I think Elijah Mitchell is pretty much exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants in a running back. Um, when you watch him play, that is the prototype Kyle Shanahan back. Trey Sermon is not. Trey Sermon is a very talented zone runner, but he's not what Kyle Shanahan looks for. I, I really don't know why they drafted him. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I think that offense might look a little bit different if they can't give Elijah Mitchell the ball. Because, obviously, uh, Raheem Mostert's still out for the season. That has not changed. <laughs> it's kind of the nature with being out for the season, I guess. But, you but know, it's, so it's not – it might not look like the the – typical Shanahan offense if you can't run it with a Shanahan style and also, back. But I, it's the Jaguars. Yes, I yeah, agree. <laughs> the Jaguars have looked much better in recent weeks than they have early on this season. They're starting to mash a little better together, and they're starting to gel. They could surprise us, but it would be a surprise. No, I have, so I'm the, Niners, I have the Niners mm-hmm. marked, too. So, but Interestingly, uh, every game we've talked about so far is in the 1 p.m. window. That's a really packed window, and there's only uh, three four o'clock window games the first one being cincinnati at las vegas mm. i got cincy here as do i i actually think the raiders pull one out here at home um i don't think the raiders uh you know run the table or make the playoffs but but i think they squeak out a win here against cincinnati. i disagree a couple things that i don't know if you maybe took into account the bengals are coming off a bye so comparatively they have not had half as much time to prepare and i think the bengals are a better roster first of all and second of all, Bengals lost to the Jets uh, a couple weeks ago. Lost to Cleveland, their home home state rival, before uh, before the bye. So I think they really have a chip on their shoulder going into this week. I think they really want to stick it to the to the Raiders, um, and they've had a lot of time to prepare. Um, so yeah. I, I'm taking the I'm taking the Bengals. I agree completely for the same reasons, and uh, we noted on it earlier that. If the Raiders don't win this, that's a three-game slide, and they're going into another matchup against the Cowboys, which they're probably not going to be a favorite in. They're probably going to lose that one as well, which puts them on a four-game losing streak. Yeah, with an right interim head coach, a uh, lot of yeah. controversy surrounding Think, certain things players. Things are not looking good for the Las Vegas I, Raiders. I have to say, like this looks like a typical Raiders collapse. It's a shame because I like watching them play. Me too. But, yeah, I mean, this happens every year. We At some point, we got to stop buying into the early, early season Raiders <laughs> hype. 
Speaking of the Cowboys, the next game is one that I certainly circled. Uh, Dallas at Kansas City, 425 p.m. Yeah. on Sunday. This is the only other one I don't have a check mark in for. I, I really don't know who to pick. My check, leaving. Mark, my check mark is on Dallas. We've seen Kansas City struggle. I'm leaving We've seen Dallas. Dallas dominate. Um, that's really the formula that I'm using to pick the winner of this game. Mm-hmm. I've marked Dallas here, too, um, mainly for the run game. Yeah, no matter I, I how believe good Clyde Kansas is, City is yeah. supposed to be back this week, but he was supposed still, to be back last week yeah. too. So, but so yeah. you know, maybe given that extra week to rest, he'll be at a hundred percent. But even still, Here's there's going to be he's going to have to shake off some rust coming. But back regardless, around. even with Clyde, uh, Kansas yeah. City struggles in short yardage situations. Yeah, with the run, um, and even last week, you know, their run game wasn't all that it should be to be able to control a game when you're up. Mm-hmm. You know, and Can I think. I, Cowboys are capable and will dominate the play clock in this game. I agree. And, uh, carry time of possession for most of it. Mm-hmm. Can I can I throw this out on the table here? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not an elite running back in the NFL. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not all that worried about mm-hmm. Ceh whether no. he plays or not. I think Williams is just as good is. as as uh, as Hilaire. I I like. Well, I don't know about that. Um, Clyde Edwards just saying that because you got him on your fantasy roster. Well, he did have 100 yards <laughs> receiving this week, but yeah. but um, I don't I don't think one thing I've always said has hurt the Chiefs as much as a loss of your 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 starting running back hurts many other teams. Well, I yeah, I mean you might be right about that. One thing I've always said about Clyde is that um, you know he was the first running back taken in his draft class, uh, end of the first round. A couple interesting facts about that. First of all, he was taken over Jonathan Taylor. As well as DeAndre Swift. Crush of the week, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yes, that Jonathan Taylor. As well as DeAndre Swift, who's had a monster year this year. Um, J.K. Dobbins, who missed this year but looked great in his rookie year, led the, led the league and led the entire league in yards per carry, not just rookies. So, in hindsight, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was not the right pick. Uh, even but it at was that the position, pick to make Mahomes happy. Mahomes that was, that was the other interesting thing I was going to. Uh, reportedly, don't laugh, this is true. Reportedly, um, the Chiefs weren't sure what to do with that pick. And they actually asked Patrick Mahomes, you know, who do you want? And he texted back, Clyde. So, oh, yeah, I, I, do I don't know. That. I don't know that Patrick Mahomes has a future as a personnel guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe just play quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona at Seattle. I got Arizona here. It's going to be a good game, but I don't think Russell Wilson is truly 100%. He came back quick off that injury, and I don't think he's what he wants to be right now. I mean, this, this, goes, this goes one of two ways. Um, Russ has a bounce-back game after, after you know putting up a goose egg uh, this week, or Russ is not 100%. There's something wrong with his hand, and, and he's going to struggle. Either way, I'm taking Arizona mm-hmm. in this game, but it'll be a really interesting uh, well, game that to being watch said, to Kyler see how is Seattle so, play this week. Okay, yes, and, and I would assume that DeAndre Hopkins still is as well. So, if Seattle, or sorry, if uh, Arizona does lose this game, they will have lost three of their last four, I believe, which doesn't feel right for a team of their caliber. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. My head says Arizona will dominate this game. But I also kind of believe in Russell Wilson a little too much. <laughs> I think I just kind of, you know, I buy into this, this, this story of like, you know, injured, missed several weeks, 
maybe you know people are saying it's a lost season for Seattle. I've said it's a lost season. You said Seattle. that like an yeah. hour ago. <laughs> I know, but this is this is a pretty common media narrative. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, there are now doubters about Russell Wilson's health. People are saying he's not at one hundred percent yet. He was shut out for the first time of his career through three interceptions. And I just think he bounces back. I have no logical reason to believe this. I think, logically, he might actually not be at 100%. I think that's a tough injury to come back from. But for some reason, my gut is saying that, that Russell Wilson is going to put on a show and, and have a huge upset against Arizona. So I, 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 I actually hope you're right. But for the first time in like a decade, Russell Wilson is an unknown. And for mm-hmm. that reason, I'm taking Arizona. Fair enough. Yeah, I got Arizona just because the defense, you know. Yeah, not, no, that defense I, I is I think incredible. it's going to be an ugly game, and I think the defense is going to decide a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or a, a crazy special teams play, something like that, can always you know tip, tip the game in one direction or the other. Sunday night, we have Pittsburgh at L.A. Chargers. I got the Chargers checked here. They need a win now after uh, losing to the Vikings. They're a strong roster. They can get it done, and... Uh, yeah, as, as a not, complete as complete a roster as there is in the NFL. Yeah, and I'm not confident in Pittsburgh, especially with T.J. Watt out. He's going to miss some time. So yeah, T.J. Watt out, and you know Ben Roethlisberger coming back, but may well presumably coming back, but maybe be, being a little bit rusty. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I was asking you guys before we started recording, is, is Roethlisberger back this week? And you kind of laughed and said, you know, does it matter? Um, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers have a much, much better chance to win. Oh, with, with, naturally. With, with Big Ben under center. But either way, uh, I'm going Chargers here, uh, you know, Chargers at home. Now, talking about a team that needs a win, <laughs> Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Monday night. That is true. New Monday York. night under the lights. We're hungry. Home. We're angry. Yeah. At home against home. a not good team on prime time. Brady's going to be Brady. This is yeah. a game the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cannot lose. If if the Bucks do lose this week, there's going to be some you know, some pretty fair questions as to their yeah. status. Yeah. And, and then... Uh, this is a must win for the Bucs. And uh, yeah, there's not too much more to say about it. Saquon Barkley is supposed to come back this week. Uh, that should be exciting to see his return. Mm-hmm. Don't know how far he's going to get against the Buccaneers. There's no, there's, I mean, there's no worse team to make your uh, <laughs> return against. Yeah, I mean, the New York Giants like are not a, thirty yards. The Giants are not a team you can overlook. Um, but no uh, team in the NFL can truly be overlooked. I mean, the Jags taught us that against the Bills a couple weeks ago, but. But you know, the Giants I, are as close to, <laughs> to I, I kinda, being able to be overlooked as there is. When I said it earlier, I was kind of joking. Like Tampa can't lose this game; they they won't. You know, there's no way they can lose this game against the Giants. But it's actually kind of true. They can't afford mm. to exactly. lose this game. No, this that is, would put them in a is, tie with Carolina, who's playing really good football. Yeah, and uh, Carolina you know, and the Saints. Assuming that Carolina wins, it would it would put us at a tie. Carolina would need to win this week to, to have six wins. We currently have six wins. Gotcha. Yeah. So they, we. But I mean, but either way, Carolina and New Orleans are nipping at our heels. We can't yes, afford to drop games this is, to NFC opponents. This is the Bucks' first true must-win game of the season. Yeah. That's that's what I was trying to say. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. That wraps up uh, this week's edition. Please remember to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. Uh, Bring a friend and uh, let them listen in with you next week. And uh, you can find all of our episodes at copelandsportsmedia.com.
thank you for listening to the Copeland Sports Media Football Podcast. Please remember there are two ways you can pay us a compliment. The first is by subscribing to our podcast using your favorite podcast app or by visiting copelandsportsmedia.com. And the second is by asking a friend to do the same thing. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.